0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another SDGC after hours review. Uh, it's me, John, and with me is uh, my good friend, my best friend, really, and my producer, Derek. What's up, bud? Hey, buddy.
1: How you doing?
0: Uh, are we you know, here to man. talk
1: about some Super Nintendo era JRPG that you deeply
0: love? Well, well, we are here to talk. We are living a life. Oh, Derek. I spoiled the whole oh, review,
1: didn't I? <laughs> oh, I, beans. I
0: did. I sure did
1: a bad there.
0: So, so yeah, we are here to talk about uh, Live Alive, uh, which released um, on what was it the 22nd? It was Friday, so yeah, um, uh, on, on the Nintendo switch. Uh, and this was a big one for me, uh, because it, <laughs> if any, anybody who knows me knows that I've got somewhat of an affinity for old school, Super Nintendo era JRPGs.
1: I've been watching you rock back and forth manically in your chair over this game for months and months.
0: Yes. When was yes. this announced? I, because literally since then. So this was announced in, uh, in, uh, at the February Nintendo Direct. Uh, and you and I were, watch, were watching it together That's and right. I flipped out. Yeah, I you lost out. it. And I was like, I don't know what this is,
1: but it's probably like an old JRPG that 10 people played and John is. Well, you're not with. wrong.
0: Derek, you're not wrong because this, the (laughs) reason, so, so a little bit of back history, uh, uh, and I'll explain that comment, a little bit of back history in Live Alive. Live Alive is a Super Nintendo JRPG that was uh, developed by Squaresoft back then uh, uh, and released in Japan in late 1994. The game was never localized because it didn't sell very well in Japan. Uh, And they decided it wasn't worth the cost of localizing it. Um, And back then, honestly, it probably wasn't, Um, which is a real shame because it became uh, it became a cult classic over time. It became one of those, you know, one of those few lost, you know, Japanese games that, you know, was known to be very good, but just never made it over here. And so people relied on uh, fan translations uh, and, you know, uh, that were, you know, ROMs loaded into carts and stuff like that. It's a very Um, like Bahamut Lagoon type of situation. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and last year, uh, a few, a trademark was filed for live alive and a lot of people, including myself were like, Oh man, it's, uh, they're finally going to localize it and like port it over here. And then do you remember Derek, we had that live alive concert and me and everybody I don't else was that. excited. I, I, oh, so th- I don't think
1: I paid any attention because literally the first time I heard of it was, was in February or whenever it was that okay. the the uh, the HD 2D remake was announced. Uh, and for me, it was like, hey, it's an HD 2D JRPG from Square. Like, of of course, I'm going to at least pay attention to it. And now well, that the and game is out. That a game is out to be a good idea. There's so there's not a whole lot of backstory to the game that people really need. It's it's an old JRPG yep. underappreciated in its time given new life with the HD 2D treatment of Octopath Traveler and, and Triangle Strategy
0: and other similar games. I think, Derek, here's the thing. I think it looks better than both those games.
1: Uh, I do think it looks better than Octopath in a lot of ways. I didn't play Triangle Strategy yet,
0: so... I So I love Octopath Traveler, um, but it's got... So Octopath Traveler definitely has issues with Bloom uh, and, and things looking a bit muddy. A well, bit they're, they're
1: refining the approach.
0: R- right, and, and Live Alive, I think, is you can really see that square is, is mastering the HD2D format. Yeah. I think uh, this, is a, this really, is a really,
1: really pretty way for them to bring back a lot of these older RPGs. Well, right? that's the thing. Derek. Uh, like, I'm looking this forward is to the Dragon the... Quest three remake because I think that's a better way to do it in a lot of ways than to try and make a big budget
0: triple you know, modern JRPG out of it. Well, and Derek, I got to tell you, this was one of the last games I thought would ever get an, an, an HD2D remake of all things. Um, and I'm so happy it did. I've been, I've wanted to play this game for years and Derek, I got to tell you. Uh, so for anybody listening, I finished it. Um, I did everything. I did all the uh, end game content, stuff like that. Derek has finished uh, Derek. Which chapters have you finished? I've finished modern day and Imperial
1: China. And I'm, okay. I'm going through the, uh, the Japan, the, the eight of Edo Japan. Yeah, that's it. So um, right off the bat, so no spoilers then because obviously yeah, I yeah. know I I don't know I don't want to know yet and I'm sure listeners will want
0: to be uh coming in fresh for this. So right. So right off the bat, this is one of my favorite games of all time. Um and I mean that. This is up there with Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy 6 for me as an all-timer. Uh I love this game. It's going to be in my annual replay rotation. Um I love everything about it. Um, there's not this game, in my opinion, sings from top to bottom. It is so unique uh, in its structure, and to think, Derek, that this came out in 1994 uh, blows my mind. Because even a, a game that came out in 1994 that we're now playing in 2022 is unlike any other JRPG I've played. It's pretty unique. So the the combat system works
1: because I I tried to stay mostly like blind to this game before I went into it. The combat in this system is you're on a grid and every time you move a space or take an action, every enemy on screen there, it's kind of like an ATB gauge, like an old, you know, Super Nintendo War Final Fantasies, except instead of filling up over time, it jumps up a bit with every action you take. And then when their bar gets full, they get to make a move. And whether that's moving, if it's moving a space, it only takes a little bit off of that, like that that gauge, so that it, they can mm-hmm. move again after only a couple of of inter intervals. I guess is how I'll refer do to you, it. I'm so sorry for the barking dogs.
0: Oh, oh no, no, dude, it's it's not a it's not an SDGC podcast unless there's a dog in some form. Yeah, I know. Twigs um, losing her mind.
1: Um, but but you, and then using like attacks you need like longer to charge up afterwards. So right. if you do an attack, you are almost guaranteeing that the enemy will also get to attack you afterward.
0: You know what it reminds me of in a way, Derek? It's like a cross between a a, a small strat- or a strategy RPG and a mystery dungeon game. Oh, actually, mystery that-
1: dungeon's a good way to put that. I think a lot of people nowadays will have more familiarity with that concept. It's like that, but- the random encounters have a limited tile space to actually, do right. It,
0: yeah. On. So, and yeah, and I should clarify that it, this is very much a turn-based JRPG. Um, it's not a mystery dungeon game. There are random encounters in some of the chapters. I won't elaborate on that. Um, but, uh, you know, you transition to a different battle screen and then there's a little grid that Derek was talking about and you can move around that and, and the enemies, you know, kind of move in turn and, and it's almost like playing chess or checkers, Um, there's an element of strategy to the battles that I really loved. Uh, and you know, when you combine that with the incredibly unique structure of this game now, now, now Derek, you started off with the present day.
1: Yeah. So that's the other, other gimmick of this. So the, the game is split into it's, it's, what is it? Seven time periods so
0: so there are seven time well there's seven start, time periods
1: obviously what happens when you complete all seven there's more that happens after there's that there's more but, that happens yeah but you have seven time periods with seven different characters going through seven different stories and each one is a kind of a self-contained mini JRPG like the modern day version is almost like a street fighter pastiche where you select your opponents in order and fight them you That's don't actually so cool. gain experience or level up so it's a very static Purely based on your skill and navigation of the battle system. It's um, a boss
0: rush, really? Like yeah. It's- yeah.
1: But then like Imperial China, which is, is the other one that I played, you have a level 10 character and you are recruiting other party members and leveling them up to like kind of learn the mastery of the same martial art and choosing who you train you know and so on and so forth as you go through this little little short bite-sized JRPG with a you know a couple of objectives and an end boss and i know the the japan setting has some stealth elements where like i've got a map and a unique button that lets me blend into the background so there it's kind of like having seven different bite-sized twists on the JRPG
0: well and so derek i'll go ahead and tell you twilight of edo japan is I think one of the longest scenarios, it's huge. Yeah. It's got multiple boss fights. Um, and it, it it is enormous, enormous. Um, and what, it was one of my favorites too. Uh, um, I see, I can't, so I don't want to get into the specifics of some of the other chapters.
1: Then then don't too much. Well, Um, I think like, here's this, like me explaining and us explaining that modern day was basically a street fighter inspired boss rush. I think that's fine. We're not talking too much right. about plot. Cause we don't, we don't want people to,
0: you know, although I will say, I will say this though. Um, this isn't really a spoiler. Derek, are you noticing a theme with am, the bosses in these I am. chapters? I already am. Yep. And, uh, we don't, you don't need to say what it is, but I, but, but I know you know what it is. And, are you, are you intrigued as to what's going on?
1: I have no fucking clue what the connectivity is between all of these stories, and I think it's going to be very interesting when I presumably beat all seven of them and get the, you know, the Sonic Adventure 2 final story where Sonic and Shadow have to come together to fight the real villain.
0: Let me, t- I'll, all I'll say is after the seventh chapter, you're not, you're not, you're, you're not, anywhere near done with the game yeah yeah yeah. um so it took me about it took me about 28 hours to finish all chapters uh i and i did everything um the final chapter is by far the longest it's huge um and uh, and what and it's got a meaty end game too there's optional dungeons there's optional bosses there's you know ultimate equipment you need to go run run running it for all your characters like it's just it's great um and and so one concern i've seen is that you know Game, you know, franchises like the Saga series are hit or miss with a lot of people because of the disparate story elements, and a lot of people also didn't gel with Octopath Traveler because of the because of the separated nature of all those narratives and kind of the way it, it pastiched all well, those guess characters the together. Fuck
1: what Live Alive is not changing that formula up.
0: Well, this is not like a game. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe maybe it will towards the end,
1: but here's where I'm at as somebody who's going through the segmented part of the game is this is a bunch of short, extremely shallow stories that rely almost entirely on like very arch tropes. This game is not winning any storytelling awards with me. And that's fine. Cause I'm sure that that will change at some point, but that's Talk to me
0: again after you're done. Sure. Um, I'm sure
1: again, like I said, I'm sure that will change, but when people sit down the first, 12, 16, however many hours that they're going to play are going to be these bite-sized, very, uh, again, very surface-level J- like twists on the JRPG formula that, I will be honest, I think the gameplay mechanics are very fun, and the game is gorgeous aesthetically, and the soundtrack is very
0: good. We gotta talk about that Yoko Shimomura soundtrack. Yeah, it's an excellent
1: soundtrack, but like the, the two and a half stories I've played so far are, I mean, a little snooze fest on story, but that's, that's the nature of the beast. It is not just a super Nintendo JRPG, but it's a super Nintendo era JRPG that has broken its plot amongst seven different bite sized stories. So it's going to be shallow until things come together.
0: So I'll say this and this is stuff that's already been said online. So our ver- our very good friend Rebecca Valentine at IGN um did review the game. She loved it too. It's it's one of her it's also one of her new favorites ever. Um and the the back end of the game made her lit- we were we were texting back and forth. Um and the back end of the game literally made her stand up and yell.
1: This is a very uh, influential like anti RPG, right? Kind of like Moon <laughs> In a yeah, lot so, of ways. So, well,
0: actually, Undertale, like Toby Fox specifically said, he takes uh, a lot of inspiration from Live Alive. Yeah, just in uh, that this for, is a game that, that
1: that is, I, I understand is is intentionally like I say that all these little stories are very shallow, but from a they're intended to be from a meta standpoint, I understand that they yeah they are crafted very specifically that way, and my expectation is they're crafted that way. Kind of to lull me into a false sense of security for when things come together, because my understanding of of this game's reputation is that it did very much kind of upend the coffee table, you know, partway through its story and and it, really it does. leave you it, it, kind of that same feeling of like the first time you beat Near Automata and then go, oh shit, hold up, I've right. got to play this again, and then route spoilers for Near Automata like roughly, y- but. Yeah. You know, and then your game. second playthrough is basically the same thing with a second character, but then your third playthrough is like, wait, what is going on? And it just like goes right. off the rails. So, well,
0: and and I'll say this right, like there are multiple endings. Um, I know how to get them all. I'm not going to say how to get them all. It's yeah, the best you discover it on your own. Just beat the game um, and then
1: look it up after you're done beating the game, or something. Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> now, I I will also say, and, and Reb talked about this um, online. And by the way, I when I realized what was going on. I gasped uh, and there is, there is a new element at the end of this game that was not present in the original live alive. So there's actual new content and it's meaningful content. They so basically and like I added sh- like an,
1: a, a further chapter or something. No. Okay. Hmm.
0: Um, I, I will, str- I will stress to you and anybody listening that this is not just like, Oh look, they added this. It's, it, 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 Changes the entire ending and it's wonderful. And I hmm. cannot imagine the game without it. Um, it's at Reb, Reb was talking about Twitter. She was like, I, I was the one who told her, I said, Yeah, that wasn't in the original game. She goes, What? Um, but uh, I want to talk real quick, Derek, about Yokoshima Mura. This was her first major work in 1994. Um, and megalomania is one of the hypest fucking boss tracks
1: megalomania with an m internet that's what poisoned I listeners that's what i said yeah you said it correctly i'm just making sure that listeners know that this isn't megalovania sneak the totally oh, right song yeah. <laughs> sneaking its way into yet another project after being in an earthbound hack well, actually home stuck and
0: and then guess, undertale guess which musical track megalovania is named after megalomania right exactly which is just um, a, a
1: ripping boss tune
0: yeah it, it is and i love how it kicks in before the fight starts yeah um and it just it gets you amped up like i that i i was listening oh, the to event scripting is out.
1: impeccable in this game it is i mean that's the thing is i th- i may think that the stories are very arch and very shallow but the actual execution of everything and the very brisk pacing works very much in its favor to present you these bite sized like anthology stories and experiences in the part before whatever the twist is that we're not going to talk about. And I don't even know. So,
0: well, and I think we need to we need to recognize and understand just how groundbreaking this game was in 1994. This is wild to Um, play now when
1: think of the fact that this is a,
0: a prettied up and gussied
1: up, but still Super Nintendo game. And yeah, that is a, and a truly wild thing to think of because nothing that is happening in this game. I could imagine playing this game on a Super Nintendo, right? If the, if the visuals yeah. were simplified and the audio was simplified down to like Super Nintendo midis, I believe you could make this game on a Super Nintendo. Yeah, but yeah. like game design in this way and with in this kind of variety was not really done. This is a very bold game for its time. This it, was somebody it, it, throwing out the rule book and making something nobody
0: else was even thinking of. Yeah, it it truly was. I mean, Derek, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say this game was a decade ahead of its time. This is this. I and mean, it's
1: decades. This is a very novel and and interesting and engaging JRPG experience today, right? It, yeah. Right now, in the early parts, it feels like an overly ambitious indie game. Right. Like made by a passionate and talented little indie team. I, again, know that that coffee table is going to get upended at some point. It but uh, yeah, this is this is something that still has a lot of novelty and freshness to it today. And if you had told me that this game was made by like three just wonderful weirdos in a basement somewhere <laughs> over the past five years and it was some big overly hyped indie darling. I would fully believe you. And I, I mean that as a full compliment.
0: Well, and and Derek, it's important to note that um this team went on to make Chrono Trigger. Um and so, so similarly you can see,
1: just completely threw the book out in a lot yeah, of
0: ways. It, yeah. And 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 so it 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 really just You can see some playing. of that early Chrono Trigger DNA in here. I you can you absolutely can um, between the different and,
1: time periods and the kind of, you know, spatial based battle system and and oh, yeah. Derek,
0: you're going to flip the fuck out over the near future. Chapter. Oh, I'm sure I will. You're, well, you're, I
1: know it's Mecca. You've told me it's
0: Mecca. yeah, you should absolutely right. do that one next <laughs> right. because you are going to see. I actually thought about you constantly while I was playing. I was like, oh, man, Derek's going to eat this shit up. Yeah, um, it is so. Anime. Wow, you mean the, <laughs>
1: the stupid fucking uh, Gundam fan might be excited over a Mecca setting? I mean, who could have guessed that? It's
0: it's it's wild. It's very 90s Saturday morning anime style cartoon.
1: Yeah, I'm going to make um, you watch the 1970s Gundam.
0: Do it. I'm in. I'm Hell in. yeah. Um, anyway, continue. Uh, so so, yeah, I, you know, somebody in the discord asked me. um John, where does this you know? What are your where does this fall for you? And I can only imagine how this game might have affected me had I played it in '94. You know, because that was a very pivotal moment in my life, and that's when I played Final Fantasy VI, a game that like literally, literally affected my life. And I you know I I wonder one how this game would have affected me back then, but also Derek, I wonder. I truly believe that if this had been localized, it would be remembered as one of the all-time greats of that era. Um, and and again, that this is me speaking as somebody who has finished the game and seen everything it has to offer. Um, but I, I could not be happier with the way this turned out. I love everything about this game. I had such a good time playing it. I loved every single second and such a perfect game for the Switch format.
1: Yeah, this Um, this works really well on the Switch. I do hope, expect, and believe that this will hit other systems eventually. I don't think, I'm not sure it will, Derek, because it was published in America by Nintendo. Well, same with Octopath, though. Octopath at least got a PC port. I don't know if it hit anything else, but.
0: It hit Xbox, but wasn't that published by Square and not Nintendo?
1: Not in the, I I could swear that was a Nintendo partnership at first. I'll have to look that up. But anyway, I I I mean, it's. I hope it does because this game deserves a wide Square owns it. I mean, so you know, it's it's one of those things. It might be timed on the Switch, but I wouldn't be too surprised. But for now, you know, I, th- this game's not going to look prettier on other systems, so you might no. as well get it on Switch
0: if you've got one. And you know, the the last thing I wanted to touch on, Derek, is uh, somebody else in the Discord had asked, "Do we th- what do we think Xenoblade Chronicles three releasing so close to um, Live Alive means for its sales?" I don't oh, think it nothing. means a whole lot. I don't think it means uh, anything. You're, yeah, you're looking at two very different audiences. Here's here. I I, um, I I don't even know if that's necessarily true. You could true. also finish. You could also finish this in a matter of days, right? So, I mean, this
1: is something that takes twenty to thirty hours compared to Xenoblade yeah. is probably going to be like upwards of a hundred. Um, but here's yeah, the I thing mean, I about finished,
0: I finished this in three days. Yeah, so.
1: here's the thing about JRPGs. JRPGs are something that have they're not evergreen, right? In that they are. Uh, like going to sell well over time, over and over and over again, month after month. But they right. are evergreen in that if a JRPG is good, they are eventually going to sell to everyone who would want them. Great. Right? Like anybody who didn't pick up, for example, Tales of Arise when it came out, but was interested in it, was going to pick it up. It might oh, be sure. a few months or a year or two down the road, but they'll eventually get it. Um, so something like Live Alive, I think was going to appeal to hardcore gaming olds like us who, who were going to buy this early. And I think they're confident enough that word of mouth on it would be positive enough that it will continue to sell some copies to people who are curious about it and to JRPG fans looking for something, you know, new fresh that they hadn't tried before.
0: So. Right. So here's what I think we'll do. I have finished the game. You guys all know I loved it. Yeah, um, Derek. Has I not love finished it the so game. far. I mean, I know I, I I worry that people will hear me talking about
1: the oh. the story elements being very shallow so far, and worry that that is a criticism. And I think it is a necessity of creating these like RPG vignettes. It right? absolutely is. You really could not fit a visual novel length story into these. So you need to lean into those, those tropes and those archetypes to sell, tell, right. You know, the campfire version of these kinds of stories.
0: Um, it, well, what I was suggesting Derek, is that I think we should revisit this when you finish it and do a spoiler cast.
1: Then we could um, potentially be,
0: do that because I, 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 depends I on what you, we got going on. Bare you're, minimum, you're we'll talk, talk about the shit, me and you. Yeah, like you're, obviously you're what, well, yeah, well, you're you are going to want to talk about this yeah. after you finish. I'm going to lose my mind. I'm sure. There's actually one more thing I want to mention, and that is Urban One Shifu. more things. I know, but I need to get this off my chest. Earthen 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 Heart Shifu, Shifu, Shifu is wonderful. Is gl- is perfect. Yes. There's a line. There's a line in this game when you think about like again the the fact that this game came out in 1994 there's a care and, he's, who's and overweight. he's telling
1: the big boy that like hey your body is what makes you unique and you should love yourself it makes and, you
0: it makes you unique and wonderful yeah. and special and i'm like wow like
1: yeah I And love it's not, you or, it's not impeding like your mobility and your capability so don't worry about it like yeah you know it is it is a thing you should treasure because
0: it is part of you and i was like oh look at this wonderful little old man
1: look at this wonderful just, game
0: he is a fantastic little old man and I want him to be everyone's grandfather. Yes. Um, but yeah, so, so we, will, we will leave it here. Um, guys, again, Live Alive is available right now on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I'm telling you to go pick it up. It, I love it. Plus, I need you to buy it so we get more HD 2D. Is this remake. one sponsored so or we both buy copies? We both buy copies. Um, we, we both b- bought copies. We didn't buy copies. No. Um, unfortunately, the game was published in Japan by Square Enix, but it was published by Nintendo in America. So we did not receive a code um, as much as Square wanted to give us one. Um, they That's just okay. didn't have any offer, which is totally fine. Um, I am happy to patron. I would have bought the game anyway. Um, <laughs> so I'm happy because I want more HD. 2 Well, you bully me into buying it uh instead of waiting a a month or two on it and i'm I'm, I'm happy happy that you did did. i'm happy you did yeah me too Uh, all right all right everyone well um don't forget we go live every thursday night at 9 p.m eastern standard time on twitch.tv slash official sdgc you can also follow us on twitter at official sdgc uh we really appreciate your time thanks for hanging out for us derek thank you for recording this review with me oh thanks for having me here bud of course pal I love you, man. Later, bud. Bye, guys.